Ladies and gentlemen, another edition of Not Exactly Radio with your hosts, host, it's two hosts, <laughs> Benny K and Tony. Just Tony. Just Tony. Today, on the docket, we got Against Me's Searching for a Form of Clarity on Not Exactly Radio. Tony, let's get your first thoughts here. Uh, well, first of all, what were you doing in 2005 when it came out? In 2005, I didn't know Against Me was a band. Uh, so I was in high school. I was like a sophomore, freshman, freshman or sophomore in high school, listening to butt rock, I think. Um, were you getting laid? I was not getting laid. Same, same. There you go. Cool. Guess that's why we're friends. That's exactly why we're friends. <laughs> we waited until we were like 30, folks. Virgins, folks. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. So Against Me, Searching for a Form of Clarity, came out in 2005. Uh, you mentioned before the broadcast, they were opening for bands like Green Day, mm-hmm. but you felt like they didn't really quite match up with Green Day. Well, yeah, this was their one that they put out right when they started touring on the American Idiot Tour. So they were in arenas, which the idea of Against Me playing arenas, especially at this era of their band, is really funny. Like... I'm sure the crowd did not give any sort of shits. <laughs> that's actually that's actually funny that I just thought of this right now, but when I went to go see Green Day, I think it was like a year or two ago, against me open for them. Like even a year or two ago? Yeah, in Green oh. Bay. Huh. Like back in like I've, I've I completely forgot about that. Maybe they maybe they get along now, but I mean and now they are they probably intersect more than they used to. Right. Um and I, I there's probably something to say with longevity of punk bands. Like you stick around long enough, you know. Yeah. You start to sound kind of the same because that's that's <laughs> punk strength and weakness. Like. That's very true. But um so yeah. Two thousand five, their last re- fat record album right before the sign of the big label. Which I didn't even know they were on fat record. Didn't even think about that and that shows how good uh, this I am. and Internal Cowboy were a fat record. Oh nice. Fat record uh, records. Um, and then the acoustic album maybe. Okay. Uh, you mean as the Eternal Cowboy? Or Eternal Cowboy? Yeah, as the Eternal Cowboy. Okay, okay. Either way, I didn't I didn't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, 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 it was right there, so they were getting a lot of shit because they were going, again, it's another band where everybody pins their hopes of you're going to stick a finger in the face of the music suits and they don't understand that this is a career and the way to keep that going is you need funds. So Right. <laughs> funds? That's the music business. Um, usually don't have any. It's really, like, this one I feel is good to look back at now, being 13 years old, as, uh, because now once Laura Jane Grace is now, gets, you know, she's out, she's an out and transitioned woman, yeah. mm-hmm. versus when she wrote this and she was still Tom Gable and dealing with all that stuff that we had no idea about. Mm-hmm. And we got the memoir now that fills in a lot of the gaps. And then where before when this came first came out, they really talked about how this was like a concept album where it's loosely based on their band, but it's not fully. And then now you realize it was probably more autobiographical than they wanted to discuss, and especially Laura, because there are those themes of especially on the last track. Yes, I was gonna mention dressing and all that and I remember being however old, 
I did listen to this when it first came out. Um, so 17 being confused as hell that way because I was still not. I still had uh, my innocence about me and didn't understand <laughs> what any of that was. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, that was always a standout lyric back then. Right. Of dressing up in women's clothes at the end of this record, mm-hmm. where it was basically that it was like a. That was basically an acapella song. Yeah, know? basically there was like like drum three chords and a drum beat in the yeah, background. A little bit of a bass drum. And that's it. Yeah, which was such like a like a powerful way to end the album. Certainly, certainly. I was just like just like when when we get into like our, our favorite parts of the album, which I guess when you said the the concept album, it all kind of ties in together. You need every single song to make the other song work. But uh, I feel like the the end of that album also just like. Really throwing it in there, talking about, like, I, I don't know, like, we'll get into that in a little bit. But, yeah, definitely a strong ending with that song. Like, it's about how, like, they're being torn apart from the inside because they're hiding this huge secret about themselves. Yeah. But also everybody on the outside wants to rip them apart because they're so mad at them. So there's just all this pressure. And uh, so, yeah, especially when now, 13 years later, we have all this uh, extra background information. That song is even more powerful in the way of this person was going through a lot of shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. So let's let's talk about let's talk about the other albums from Against Me. Is this is this is uh, Searching for a Form of Clarity your favorite? It is. I honestly look at it as uh, I feel it's a masterpiece uh, for the most like there's one track I would, you know, if you're telling me to be nit- uh, picky and that's just because, you know, you can criticize anything you love. But, like, for me, this is this is a completed vision. And uh, it comes at this great intersection between where they're growing. They have to consider dumb shit like marketing that they probably hated thinking about. But at the same time, if they wanted to continue it as a band, stuff like marketable music and all that. But also that history of where they just rode this huge wave of, wave of momentum where, you know, everybody loved them and they, like, spawned this, like, folk punk thing that was going on yeah, for a while. Yeah, that definitely inspired that a lot. is already kind of gone again. Like, you don't <laughs> see that many of those bands, but it exploded for, like, two years, kind of like right. when that... Mumford and Son kind of shit was like a huge thing for a while. Where, yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> that's what I was it reminds me of. Definitely gonna say like it definitely did uh, inspire a lot of folk punk, but then it just seemed to just move over to just folk, mm-hmm. and now it's like turning into like indie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so indie folk, just indie rock in general. So you could say that even though Against Me might not have gotten as big as like you or I would have liked them to be, uh, or as like they should have been, uh, they still inspired a lot of music. Yeah. And there's some to where I couldn't, ex- again, like, I couldn't imagine former Clarity songs or Eternal Cowboy songs or Axl Rose songs being played in arenas. It is. It feels like it where should be a bunch of, like, sweaty dudes in a cramped area. <laughs> in a basement. All hugging. Right. And touching their body hair and just I, I, every mixture of sweat you can get on you <laughs> that's what it really feels like that kind of music um i don't know why i thought about body hair hey that's okay it could <laughs> a lot of people have body hair you know but uh i also have to agree that i think this is also my favorite album a close second is probably new wave for me uh i, I enjoyed new wave all the way through and you i feel like fucking a, poser it's not a it's not a i love new wave i was like don't do that shit i'm teasing you i know 
who gives a shit? That whole punk credential thing. So I was like, you like stupid. what you like. It's I know. So <laughs> That's like we can get into that, but there's there's definitely an ounce of like right wing conservatism in certain aspects of punk rock where some people are like punk is this way yeah and only this way i know and if not Those fucking you're a fucking sellout yeah and like like no fuck you all that's right? not what punk is that's punk to me is saying fuck you to right. you and you're pissing me off <laughs> so fuck you but yeah because i love new wave too right but i understand why some people wouldn't <laughs> i would say it's it was a really it was a hard toss up between like i actually i love a lot of their work and like between new wave and eternal cowboy they were they're like right there in second place, but I, I chose New Wave to be in front of Eternal Cowboy. But uh, but searching for a form of clarity is definitely my favorite album. Even like the original, just uh, Total Clarity when, before they remade it was an awesome album. In fact, sometimes I like some of the tracks from that album compared to their remake because mm-hmm. um, it just sounds so raw, and I really like that raw energy. Especially when you get to like holy shit when he's like it's isn't all the same it's just the same old shit I don't know it's like it's so cool just like hearing that in the background before they start there's just so much energy in this one because like Eternal Cowboy uh, like hits you fast hits you hard and then it's gone right away though yeah it's like that's just fair. a really yep. short fight when this does take its time sometimes yeah. and that's why it has this extra artistic oomph to it that build up man. And then New Wave does still feel too slick to feel like it's a statement. It feels more like a, we need to push some more of our music out there. And um, <laughs> even if they did push it out, it still sounded really good. New Wave to me is like the sequel to Searching for a Former Clarity. Where okay. you still like a sequel movie where you still enjoy it because you still enjoy the characters. Mm-hmm. It's still the t- same type of movie, but it's not the same because it's not the breath of fresh air it's the continuation right yeah and i think that's absolutely (laughs) correct especially when you have like the same kind of obviously not same concept but i mean like you still have the same messages they have in there like uh what was the the last one is um the ocean ocean yes the ocean the last one that definitely connects with the last song it's a lot like this one where we only we haven't even referred to the track by name oh yeah it was like uh what is it um, searching for former clarity. Is it seriously just yeah, called we, that? Yeah, we sound very smart right now. <laughs> and prepared, very prepared. Very prepared, um, very smart. Somebody was down in the swamps of Louisiana, right? Like, I'm sorry, I got to get my po' boys on, man. Yeah, they were good. One with the Cajuns. He's just starting to talk normal again. It just, uh, yeah, it took a while, but I'm back. Finally um, back to it. But <laughs> yeah, like those two songs are so related because yeah. again, it's confessional. Yeah, but nobody knew because apparently even the band didn't know. Um, cause the, he get or she gets it the, into that in her book, like she brought it on them and they're like, you know, it isn't like some coming out of the closet moments, um, where people are like, we already knew that. Right. Yeah. Was... <laughs> like, no, they were blindsided. So it's one of those things of, oh, this is semi-autobiographical, but there's artist embellishments. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out, no, this person is definitely trying to using their outlet yeah. to go like, I'm struggling with this shit. Well, okay, so then going on from the first time you we, you, we listened to this album, um, I didn't listen to it right away. I didn't start, you actually brought me into the, like, if you want to say like the punk scene when we were younger. Mm-hmm. I remember you you gave me like, I think you gave me a Rancid album, an Against Me album, and an H2O album. And I think for nice. the, for the yeah, nice, <laughs> for the Rancid album, you gave me Outcome the Wolves. For Against Me, I'm pretty sure you gave me... I think you gave me this one. I think you gave me Searching for a Former... Either that or Eternal Cowboy. Yeah. Because Cowboy's a good accessible one, too. Because it's such that punchy, like, 30 minutes of just going at you, and then it stops. 
But yeah, that's that's very true. And I feel like that's how I remember it when we were first like I think we had to be like twenty twenty one or something like that. I remember when I first tried to move to Milwaukee, that, and then I failed, and then moved back, and then I came back years later. But I'm here now; it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's I remember that memory itself, like just expanding into like a new role of music and like listening to it. And still, I feel like I suck as a person. That, right. <laughs> I should I should clarify, I suck mm-hmm. as a person for trying to like get a, a message as far as like a concept album, like knowing that all these songs go together. Like, I didn't really, like, I, I listened to the album and I, f- I heard, like, different meanings through each song, but I didn't realize that they all needed to be together. Oh, oh don't give me credit for being smarter than I am. It's only because I read reviews and articles. Well, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would have been just as, like, oh, wait, now I think about it. <laughs> they are kind of following a theme. Right. And it's just, I mean, because it starts with this whole, like, they're really confident at the beginning. Then there's a lull. And there's kind of a regain of it, but then by the end of the album, they're down in the dumps because. And that's such a hard. That's such a hard. We'll get into that soon. Uh, so wait. So your first time was in high school. Was there anything um, specifically? If you want to go off more on that. And that was yeah. That was um, I was jumping between. I would listen to punk with some friends, and then other ones were more into metal. And I remember I bought this at I think ex- an exclusive company. And played it in the car of a guy that's not really into this kind of stuff. And I could tell, you know, problem when you like listen to something and when you're listening to somewhere, you know, not, or you know that the other person, it's not in their wheelhouse. There's always that nervous thing where you're trying to listen to it or watch it through their eyes mm, and yeah. their ears so you're like uh so you're like waiting for a reaction kind of so thing. i didn't even like and this was the first time i was even listening against me and i was like oh this kind of sounds way different than i expected because right. i just read like i remember reading a glowing review of it um and i just remember the tagline going in a perfect world these guys or green day would open for these guys at an arena and i'm just like okay well i guess i gotta buy this thing right check it out i had no idea i just knew against me was getting popular and they were getting big but i never it goes back to what we were talking before like where music wasn't so easily grabbable especially for some broke kids Mm -hmm. like you can download some but especially like trying to download non-classic punk stuff was hard to get so that's why I listened to like a good amount of metal because that was more selling more at that time and that was easier to find for free. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> um, so I bought that and I just remember listening like, oh, this dude hates it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not telling me to turn it off, but he hates it. So I was so wrapped up in like thinking and about how they hated it and then how it was weird to me where I'm like, oh god, did I waste money and just like blew it on this just random review. And then I listened to it on my own, and I was like, holy shit. This is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. And then that's when I really dissected it, probably listened to it through and through constantly for a summer. So then uh, we're going on, let's go on to like our favorite sections of the album. Now let's, I I know that, like we said, we talked about before, concept album, each song needs the other song to work. But you said there was like some ebb and flows uh, in the album. Where does it really flow super well um, for you Miami is just such this great opener oh, it's, one, it is, it's an yeah. all time great opener what Miami reminds me of actually is like a fucking like play a really good one where yeah. it has a really good interlude that really sucks you in and it's one of those you know it's a story where 
everybody's having a good time at first. But also then with lyrics about, you know, stolen elections and that, you know, the ballots falling into the ocean. Mm -hmm. So it's so happy and so confident, but there's this undertone of there's shark-infested waters. And so it, it, there, there's that great s symbolism that really comes through because the sharks do uh, circle these guys and circle the subjects and, you know, then they really go through these doldrums. But it, it's such a good, inter like, opening act. I have to agree that, <laughs> that like, when you first hear that part, it's like I'm probably really butchering this. It do be like that. It yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the, like, the, like you mentioned, the, int the intro, it, it is a fantastic opening song for an album, and I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, do you feel like it connects, like, is there, like, a certain section of songs, or are you just sticking with just the opening part? Well, I gotta say, also, you're a horn guy, so the horns in that chorus is so good. Yeah. The chorus, the horns in that chorus, I'm not always a horn guy, but in that chorus, I'm <laughs> like, I'm assuming that was a producer call, but bravo, that was fucking great. Like, that brings it to a whole other level, and again, when I started actually listening to it, I was like, this isn't just, like a guy that slings out of key and very loudly uh banging on an acoustic guitar mm -hmm. like there's actually some nice touches here and it's again it's this intersection of they had the punk roots but also they knew they were expanding mm -hmm. and that's an example of there um but yeah like it just flows really well i don't know what else um it's I guess just dividing it into chapters. You got right, yeah. Miami and the Shaker, and then you got um, Justin and Unprotected Sex. Um, the Energizer that all kind of goes together. And you, like, there are these lower temp tempo songs, and I feel again that if we're thinking of this as a cohesive story, that's again your um, kind of breaks in the action a bit right they kind of set the tone for right the next and i was movement. yeah i was gonna say i was gonna bring up sorry to interrupt you there but i was gonna no, mention that do. i was gonna mention that like especially i was gonna talk about the end of the album where i enjoy like the last four songs where it's like the roller problems don't lose touch and searching for a form of clarity all those songs together uh really i don't know like really bring in that like it gives you like a deep almost sadness Mm -hmm. listening to that because it's like it seems like everything's like a hidden secret and, and and right before that it also has like a little bit of a lull between uh how low joy and holy shit where joy actually like brings it back up a little bit it sounds like a happy song and it is kind of a happy song and it, it, yeah there's there's great beauty in that and happiness right. but again there's just this undertone of the shark circling the water because yeah because you hear that bass line in the beginning right before that acoustic guitar playing in majors and yeah there there's the good times there's there is this dread and again knowing who wrote this the author laura there was that dread. right and so again it's somebody that's living not as themselves as just a version of themselves that they don't desire like there is that even when it's good there's still this disgust right. <laughs> so yeah. like i mean again it's just it's it, just go ahead and then i guess and then and then the songs like how low and searching for a former clarity there's also this like it's not just wallowing in self-pity 
you know, there's some beauty to it. Right. Is it, it like when, when you mentioned how low? And I honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I feel like that's like the lowest point for our I guess you want to say protagonist in this whole concept. Mm-hmm. The lowest point is how low, because uh, he's like talking about like, or she's talking about like how, you know, uh, like all right, I gotta set this stuff aside. I gotta get myself better. It's gonna be great. And then they're still doing the same things over and over again to make themselves worse. And I feel like that definitely hits the low point for the protagonist in this album. And then bringing it back up, bringing it back up to joy. It's like they finally revealed their problems, and they can they can fix it. And it's like uh, they can finally do something about it. And then holy shit is like the realization of what they've been doing uh, and kind of fixing. It. And that's when it kind of like that re- the self realization is when we get to that sad part between the roller uh, um, problems, don't lose touch, and and searching for a form of clarity. So I feel like that transition right there, bringing it to the last part of the album with the heaviest feelings in the world is like the best part of the album for me mm-hmm. oh yeah for yeah. sure and like don't lose touch it, it was a good single and all that and mm-hmm. i think that's probably the one that fits the least but it's still so fitting and the only reason i say i guess it fits the least is because there's only optimism in that one right there's uh, there's no dread there at exactly all. It, it, it's like a song that just it's, it feels they feel very sure in that one, mm-hmm. very confident in that one, and um, but that's why it's fitting. Also, it's the second to last because then it goes right back into the like, well, I feel fucked right now. Right. It's I, that's perfect. Like you get you're making me like do a bunch of epiphanies <laughs> right now, like listening to this whole th- or thinking about this whole thing. That's Especially why this thing's great. It is. Like, this, this, this is an all timer for me. This is this is <laughs> fantastic. I'm glad we're talking about it. But yeah, when you said "Don't Lose Touch" as a signal, a single, and I was like, "Holy shit, you are!" This is like insane. Like how it does not fit with this album, but it still fits because it doesn't have those undertones. But like, I don't know. That's just amazing in my head. My mind is just yeah. blown right now. Like it's if you want to think of it as a film, that's the ending you go with if the studio tells you you want to have they want a happy ending. You would give "Don't Lose Touch," but yeah. because that wasn't the final chapter. Yeah, that wasn't it for her there's one more and then it's like yeah and I think that makes this album that much more beautiful like oh, yeah. yeah just cause like just having that in there as like a happy ending and then just like that's not really how the ending is yeah, no. that's what they want you to see but here's how it's going down the, the dread is way more there than the ups and the uh, you know the, the, the it, it should have ended on a dreadful note and it did it was <laughs> and yeah, so like it's one of those things where it's beautifully tragic, like you know, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's absolutely correct. I just remember like when I first heard that song and I had to like give it like I felt so sad that I didn't want to listen to it again. But then I went back, like of course I went back and I listened to it more. And I'm just like, I really feel this. And it like made me kind of feel emotional about it, just listening to it. Mm-hmm. Especially that last song, after Don't Lose Touch. Because it's really bringing you all back, wrapping up that entire album, and how emotional that is for this person to go through the struggles. Well, yeah. And personally and then professionally, because yeah. they knew they were about to take a huge chance that chances are, and it kind of did for a while, it was just going to blow up. It wasn't going to work. But you had to do it anyway. Right, got to give it a shot. Because it's either that or... You know, the, like, for as much, again, the 
scene of not selling out wants to act like, oh, well, we support you. It's like, no, they won't. <laughs> There's only so many of them, and they'll find a different petty reason to stop supporting a group's work outside of, oh, you took a bigger deal to uh, try and keep going. So, like, I think she and probably the rest of them knew what was going to bound to happen. Um, you know, they, they were never destined to be, you know, like I say, they fit Green Day more now, but I think that's just because they've been around a while. But right. They were never destined to be Green Day. No. no. Yeah. It's it's like I don't want to take away anything from anybody, but like sometimes their music is a little bit more complicated, and sometimes the public would be willing to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's angrier. It is. <laughs> like honestly, it's angry. It's not like American Idiot where they you know like I I guess they're just linked in my head just because I know this was this came out around the time of American Idiot this was when everybody was railing against Bush you do have the one song that's and I always feel the that one is that the shaker what's the subtitle on that one for the Condoleezza one yeah the Energizer no that's the Energizer right yeah um, from her lips to God's ears. Yeah. I feel like that one is the most them playing the band characters on this album, where it's the least autobiographical. This is more the fictional band within the album song. Like, this is the stuff we're writing. This is the stuff that's getting us big. Right. Because that one doesn't really reference these themes of artists growing out of their... Um, you know, uh, growing up from their training wheels or anything like that, I guess. Um, but it's fitting with the time period. This was all the Bush. Oh yeah. This is that age, the Warp Tour <laughs> exploding with all these bands that were. They didn't know exactly what they were mad about besides Bush. Like some of them did, sure, but you know, there's a plenty of 18-year-olds with. Uh, their dad's credit card that purchased a bunch of guitars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just saw this was popular and said, you know, wrote a bunch of fuck Bush songs. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, anyways, they're, they're, uh, what I was getting at is like, so American Idiot, that's more of a we're all mad together at guess who the American Idiot is, even though, you know, <laughs> that was the, we knew what he was talking about. Right. When, Against me was way more cynical of just God. A message that no one really wanted to listen to because of how cynical it was. Yeah. So I think that's why they didn't work as well when Green Day was like, uh, well, we're all in this together. We're all mad at you know. Right. Wow. So then, okay, wow. Let's go. Let's try to do a cutting. Uh, do you have a, a. I feel like there's two songs that stick out in my mind here for the cutting room. Uh, I want you to start because I think I'll probably say the other one. I, I mean, I guess you, again. Don't Lose Touch is the only one that doesn't fit it, but I love the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, like, I get excited when they play it, but, like, that's the one song that if you leave it out, you're not losing the message of what you get here. Right. I agree. And I think uh, the second song for myself uh, is the, uh, the Energizer, which we talked about earlier, uh, which you explained beautifully uh, before we push the record button because we're dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it, and how it's just kind of like what, what did you say it was like it was like not cheesy maybe corny a little bit because it's like it's just too on the nose for yeah for what? what they were trying to do like it seemed like everything else was mysterious in the album but then this song was like kind of 
too straightforward for that. Just the, you know, yeah, of course, it's a scream in the foolish of the Secretary of State at the time, but just screaming her name as the chorus. It just, just, it was just a little too much, like, yeah, just no metaphor behind it, or just, it was just, there's no secret meaning or no double meaning, or there's, there's it was just really kind of hit me on the head with the message, and that's, it was rare, it's been rare for this band to kind of do that to you. Right, right. And it's, it's, that's, I don't know why it always turned me off, too. Maybe that's the reason why, and I just didn't know it, because I, like I said, I have a hard time picking up concepts. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I guess feeling that one out and not thinking it flows really well with the rest of the album. And that's why in my head I kind of always took it as that is the fictional band within the story they're telling's song. That's, like, here's yeah. an example of the music that they're making. Like, that's the way I'm looking at it, this this meta way of telling myself that they weren't writing such an obvious song and just stuck it on this album that was telling a story way different and then, right. like diverges into that warp tour anti bush uh and not to say that you know bush is a war criminal don't worry i know it <laughs> but like <laughs> it, you know it was just like um where it's just kind of what everybody else was doing yeah. <laughs> that's fair that, that's the other one too that yeah it's like yeah now um do you have any deep connections with any of these songs like is there a distant memory that you have with any particular song or is it just like more of an album thing for you oh yeah this one for sure is just that whole album thing right and it's so much of it is just there is those feelings of rage that's really brought here there's these self-pity Hmm. Um, but yeah, like there's, but it feels like, feels like a nice struggle session with a friend. Yeah. And so I remember listening to this a lot of times of just, especially when you're 17, 18, you're filled <laughs> with so much bullshit that actually doesn't fucking matter, but it matters a lot in the <laughs> at moment. At that time, at that time, man. And so this one is, I get that. This one's great for that. Like, I really like, there are sad songs sad albums that make you just feel more sad and then there's other ones that make you feel like your struggle has value to it mm -hmm. and there's one where the struggle feels like there's some value in struggling and working out your identity and so this one just helped me a lot of there was uplifting moments in this album there's plenty of them but they are sparse and when you get to those when you've been wallowing in it, it's amazing. There's still like, there's, I mean, that outro chorus on problems is, that's going to get me anytime. Oh yeah. That, that one, uh, again, don't lose touch. It's, it's great. Like if I sit there and feel bad for myself with how low and, um, holy shit. And then, uh, those two guys come through too. I mean, it's just, it's a great whirlwind if, this is something you can get into it's definitely it's something that should stay in your rotation god damn right it it, it it goes through the range of emotions it does and like the more we talk about it, the more i'm like realizing it too especially like like my favorite section i have to go back to that between how low and holy shit that really ties the whole thing together <sighs> of course i would drop a big lebowski reference real quick but uh mm -hmm. 
But listening to How Low and kind of relating it to my own, like, kind of thing that I'm trying to do with my life, like, trying to get somewhere, obviously it's not the same problem. I don't have a problem with, like, drugs or alcohol or any of the struggle that they were really talking about that song, but just still the struggle uh, of moving forward. Um, Old habits. Old habits, for sure. Like, there's so much, like, yeah, that is, How Low is definitely one of the first songs that really connected with me of uh i'm always gonna be this person right i have to negotiate the things i want with my strengths and weaknesses yeah and that's and yeah i was saying that's definitely what connects me with that song so hard like super hard and definitely one thing and i know it's both of us is we have habits that just don't want to die and a lot of those habits are just unhealthy coping mechanisms are yep yep um Lack of momentum sometimes too, and they're, they're, that's a lot about how what how low is is. <laughs> I absolutely agree. <laughs> uh, now this is going to be kind of difficult if we should even do this, a battle royale for this concept album. We already we this album has already got us talking, uh, like we're up the thirty five minute mark, yeah. and so we could skip the battle royale. Like this whole album itself is like one big winner in a battle royale, um, minus a couple of tracks that we talked about earlier um but uh but i guess uh is there a is there another album that you might relate to this one um let's see uh well my recommendation is um no matter where we go by the band ladderman and ladderman was awesome um (laughs) that's what i need to say first uh they made like three albums and then they were done and uh, have you ever checked them out yet? I heard a couple of those songs. Okay. I think uh, I know the Landlord one. They're a great one. They're, they are more of as the Eternal Cowboy era type of against me, okay. where they just hit you on the head. There's a lot of shouting choruses, and then there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of messages of you know of. Uh, struggle but also friendship and bonds and so they were doing kind of related music um, more punk than folk but it was still around that same and they didn't feel as much of a copy as against me but like yeah when I think against me I still think Ladderman they were great Um, no no matter where we go was my favorite one out of the three they did but all three were very good and they had this just great energy to it and this great message of um, just doing it together, and it's that DUI attitudes or DUI, DUI or DIY. Do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> the DUI. <laughs> do it. Do yourself. It. Get drunk and drive a car. Um, that's what all their songs are about. DUIs. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, Ladderman. No matter where we go, I love that thing. I, uh, that's, that's awesome. I, I have to feel like as far as like a concept kind of thing, I have to go with, uh, some homeboys from Milwaukee, direct hit, uh, their album Wasted Mind, which they talk about a lot of drug and alcohol abuse that has gone on in their lives, uh, speaking all the way throughout their whole thing, uh, about the abuse. Um, but I feel like this isn't their only album that do that. They have another album called Brainless God, where they talk about religion and oppression from a religion, 
or anything like that too. And I feel like those concepts, like just the straight up concept message, concept that they have for both of those albums, kind of tie in together with what Against Me is doing for this album. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. There we go. We did another episode. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty easy to to do it when you're talking about stuff that have basically carried with you. Right now that ten plus years, <laughs> I would say now that we're almost thirty, listening to, for you uh, listening to this album since you were seventeen, and me listening picking like when I was twenty. Yeah, it's just that's kind of insane. It, it, how it's a part of us. Passionate, like, yeah. How passionate we can talk about these things. I would say that anybody should try it if yeah they uh, like any of the things we talked about. Right, fucking a. And if you have like an album suggestion yourself, you want to tell us about it, uh, hit me up on Facebook. Or hit us up. I'm probably going to make an email. Hopefully there's one here. If it doesn't work, I'm going to record this part. But uh, <laughs> uh, see, not exactly radio at gmail.com. I'm going to set that up pretty quick. Send us an email. We'll maybe get some sort of social media going or some shit like that. I don't know. We're figuring it out. It's still the beginning stages. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. One more time to not exactly radio. I am one of your hosts, Benny K, and the other one. Tony. Just Tony. Just Tony. Tony. <laughs> Signing out. Good night.